This morning, um, the instructions will expand to what we might call open awareness or choiceless awareness. Um, Or we might just call it the, the whole of the mindfulness practice, the Vipassana practice, where we started with breath and body as a place to land, as a place to settle, allowing the mind to slow down and steady. Not that that's easy. And then moved out into working with rain and emotions and thoughts. And so how choiceless awareness looks um, for those that would like to do it. If you would like to stay with a practice that you're really working with, please feel free to do that and continue with that today. But how choiceless awareness looks is we continuously pay attention to whatever is arising as it's arising in our experience in a moment. So that might look something like where the attention is, is to breathing right now. And maybe you notice a warmth on the skin. So then it's feeling the warmth. And then maybe a sound pulls your attention, so it's hearing. And maybe a thought arises. You can note the noting practice of thinking. Or maybe there's a quality to the thought. Memory, plan. Sadness, anger, excitement. And then maybe that leads to an experience in the body, in the heart or the belly. So then recognizing and noticing that. Oh, breathing. Breathing's arising. So it's really this opportunity to track experience exactly as it's happening. And we can actually get quite still in that state. Sometimes it can feel like we're bouncing around a lot. If you're having that experience of, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, and you're just trying to catch what's happening, then come back to your practice of paying attention to the breath, paying attention to the body, slow it down, let it settle again. So sometimes it feels like we're expanding and then contracting again. So this choiceless awareness in your walking practice, feeling the sun, hearing the birds, the breeze, maybe in here it's directed differently, feeling the posture, the pressure. So again, just paying attention to whatever's grabbing your attention in each moment. And then seeing with a steady mind, if you can follow the stream of the beginning, the middle, and the end of each experience. Watching the thought arise. Knowing that you're in the thought. Watching the thought pass. It's quite an interesting practice. It's quite, it can be quite, quite um, fun. A lot of curiosity can arise. 
there's no striving or no need to have any goal, just to pay attention, to sit back and watch phenomenon arise and pass. And like I said, if you're working on another practice that feels right to you right now, please continue with that. And we'll just sit in silence for the next little while.
And the permission for the next few minutes before the bell is to stop meditating. Whatever you've been using as meditation tools, what's it like to put it all down and just sit here, eyes closed, in posture, Just sitting. Matthew spoke to a little of this yesterday morning about the tendency to lean forward or lean back. The leaning forward is usually where we are on this day. And we have a full day. Yeah, so imagine, imagine the, the suffering involved with too much leaning forward, too much planning, too much leaving. And see if you can really give yourself the gift of the beauty of today. I don't know if it's going to be any cooler. Um, (laughs) keep drinking lots of water do this practice um, if it feels right to you this more open awareness seeing as seeing happens hearing as hearing hearing happens breathing, thinking, sensing, feeling right If if that helps you to open your practice up a little bit then do that um, the schedule is exactly the same until 3.45. So please show up for everything that you can. Uh, we heard that there were quite a lot of people here last night for the late sit, more than half of the group, which is beautiful. Um, so obviously we have some practitioners, you know, who are interested in what we're doing. So keep at it. Keep at it. Keep walking. Keep sitting.
At 3.45 um, will be the closing announcements of the managers. There'll be a Donna talk. So that's a please all attend. Even if you've heard it before, there might be something new to hear. And then at 5 o'clock, um, we'll have a guided um, practice led by Vinny. So really that 3.45 period is the only thing that's, that's so different. Um, and the rest of the day, just the continuity of the schedule. Uh, we will be doing some one-on-ones, which <laughs> we've noticed um, that schedule filled up quite quickly. Uh, so just remember your time, and, and we'll be sticking to the schedule so that we can see everybody as promised, um, everyone that signed up. Um, and we've also noticed the note board has gotten quite, like, it's grown, the notes to teachers. Um, so pay attention to that idea that this is it. You know, this is the end. I will never have an answer again. I will never, you know, I need to know everything on this last day of retreat, which hopefully that's not true. There's so much great information out there, and this practice just keeps unfolding. And maybe, maybe there isn't an answer right now. And sometimes I find that if I sit with my question, an answer arises or something arises and maybe it's just an I don't know yet. So pay attention to your notes. We'll try to get back to them to the best of our ability. Um, but take care with your own mind, you know, your own heart, your own grasping and, and what happens towards the end of retreat. Um, and we're here for you. Like, truly, if there's something you need, please, please let us know. Um, yeah, I think that's it as far as announcements. We wanted to open up for some questions um, for all three of us. And really, you know, we'll talk about leaving later. So the question's still about being in practice, how you're working with your practice here um, not that you're not working with the idea of leaving here, <laughs> but just see if, it, if the questions can um, be in the realm of um, today and maybe any instructions that have arisen, the talks, those kind of things. And we will repeat the question so everyone can hear it. Yeah, so, so the comment question around um, uh, the two wings of awakening, wisdom and compassion, and compassion somehow feeling narrower than a broader sense of love, and what, what's my sense about that? Um, um, what, what, is, what is your association with compassion? Like what, what you know, how would you characterize that? Yeah. Versus like you, and you were touching. Yeah. So my sense is there's room there, but 
right, right, right. Yeah, so I appreciate that. So the, the, the sense of, of compassion is love meeting suffering, sometimes said like mudita, sympathetic joy, love meeting, meeting happiness. Um, and I've heard different ways, the four Brahma Viharas of, of metta, uh, loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity, how they're arranged. Sometimes the most common formulation is there's some kind of hierarchical arrangement where metta is kind of at the top and then that kind of loving friendliness just as you said, meeting suffering is compassion, meeting happiness is is mudita, and meeting um, peace, you know, is something like equanimity, yeah. Um, I've also heard that um, equanimity could, could be seen to be the kind of like overarching umbrella, that there's a certain kind of of peace, maybe letting go, and then the heart kind of naturally responds from that place of the unclenched fist to the situation. But I'm curious what, what these two think, but I, I, for me, the word love is, um, yeah, holds a, a kind of tender spot for me, even though it's so, overused and trite and it seems like uh, uh, we're over that we're we're post we're post love you know <laughs> um, but I uh, have a deep affection for it so honestly I kind of like am sloppy with my language in that sense like love and the Dharma are kind of placeholders for everything I like yeah <laughs> That's kind of like everything good, you know, I kind of just like, all right, it fits somewhere in there. So uh, some of that sloppiness may be borne out in this conversation. Yeah. You want to say something? Will be helpful. <laughs> Do you have something to say? I've had this same question in my mind, like, why does that get, why is that running shotgun, you know? How does that get to ride shotgun? Of all the heart practices, why? And the story I made up about it was because suffering is such a big part of our existence, right? Like that, that takes the foreground because that's what's called for most often. You know, so. I'll just add a teeny. I think I might be post-love. I, I think. <laughs> I don't really use that word. Um, <laughs> and I have a lot of it. But again, just for our own personal like benefit, paying attention to the need for semantics or um, some, some person some other human wrote that word down and said, okay, now this is the practice of awareness, right? So um, really just for, for ourselves, just taking, okay, wh where do I need to create balance? Yeah, I know when I get super stuck in the heaviness of just 
the existential knowing or truth, it feels out of balance. Or when I get all the way over here where there's just all this tenderness and all this connecting and all this, right, love, then it feels a little out of balance. Maybe I lose my wisdom. So our own, like whatever words, you know, it's same, we got notes about the metta practice too. Can I change those phrases? And it's like, of course, change the phrases. Let those phrases be whatever resonates for your you're forward leading, right? So also again, like, yeah, that gets thrown out a lot, wisdom and compassion in, the, in here, but also like, how can we reframe it to create our own? Yeah. I'll, I'll repeat it anyway. Um, or, yeah, I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> uh, Carrie, um, finding triggering happening around different aspects of walking around, right? But noticing in particular the prunes. <laughs> Being a senior, the prunes are life or death. <laughs> and Carrie brought prunes, but um, noticing that there was this pre-verbal experience um, arising of feeling maybe unseen or not taken care of or something like that. I'm, I'm, you didn't say that. Um, but noticing themselves holding the baby and really saying, you're okay, you're okay, I've got you, Carrie, I've got you. Um, and that seemed to, to help. Um, but the triggering still arises because we are human <laughs> and we walk on this planet. Um, and your question was, is that going to continue to happen? And, you know, my answer is going to be yes. 
right? There, I mean, hopefully we're offended, you know, at times, because there are things to be offended by, hurt by, triggered by, um, that are real. And who knows what the preferable experience is um, without really getting into, into it with you. Um, but always it's, yes, watching the arising. The arising is happening. We don't need to call it anything. Like you said, I don't even know what it is, and that's okay. Allowing the experience, watch it rise, watch it pass. I'm human. I feel. Like the day that that doesn't happen is a day I would worry. Right? The day we stop feeling and stop having those experiences is the day that maybe we're checked out and numb. So an appreciation for, you know, we're, we kind of like when the feeling is good that arises and, and, or is, is pleasant or pleasurable. Um, but it, what it doesn't, we forget that that's also part of the whole of our existence and the sadness and the sorrow for maybe others or for ourselves. So an encouragement to when something like that arises and maybe it doesn't have a concept around it, again, I love what you're doing, like holding that and saying, I'm alive, I'm human, this is real. Yeah, thank you. Um. Yeah, in this this case, but as a a kind of general principle, um, there is a, a certain way in which um, we can jump prematurely into a diagnosis of our own suffering. Yeah. And sometimes we, we kind of get it right. Like, and sometimes we have to just be patient in how we're construing the suffering that we're experiencing, yeah? And so sometimes the, there are frameworks, narratives, ways of interpreting experience that are helpful, sort of like, the a, a kind of the vulnerable child, the kind of evolutionary, you know, needs, this sort of basic health of the body, all these things like, and, um, and so that this can be really helpful, right? Um, and so like, there's that, that phrase, uh, that kind of in emotion regulation, you name it to tame it, right? So you name the emotion in order to, in, like, because that turns it from this kind of amorphous dread, perhaps, to like, no, this is just fear or something, yeah? And that settles us. But there's a way in which I see sometimes people land prematurely in a kind of definition of the suffering, yeah? And, and it's a little bit like a mental note that's not quite right, yeah? You know that feeling of like you're noting something and it's like not totally landing in a way. And then you actually get maybe a little bit, yeah, patient, quiet, still with it. And then, and then it's like, no, no, no. 
something else. And, and, and maybe the note is not very super specific, but it like, it lands. And all of a sudden it feels like, oh, the awareness is actually holding this suffering in a more precise way. And the, the way we kind of can feel into that is there's some relief. There's some sense of, of, of space. And, um, and so just as, as we, as we practice, you know, we're, we're sort of giving all these, the Buddha gave all these different skillful ways of framing experience. Like we talk about this as just letting go of the conceptual mind, but so much of the Dharma is actually a kind of an ideology, a way of approaching experience that is conducive to peace. But we want to just watch how we're using that, how the kind of the ways we frame out our issues, problems, aspirations, like the ways that works for us and the ways that can sometimes actually buffer us from the sense data, yeah? The ways our diagnoses of ourselves serve and don't serve, yeah? the ways in which stories liberate or don't, yeah. Okay, so um, we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Um, Right, right. As Joanna was saying, the mind is going to change. To you know, it's going to change, and you don't try to get back to where it was necessarily, but just stay, stay close in. Yeah, the the there can be that sense of like seeing the slow decay of mindfulness and patience. And it's like, you're just like looking back up the hill and just like clawing, you know? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> That's my style actually, but don't do that. Um, just, but, but you, there can still be like real integrity of practice, even though things are changing. Yeah. And it actually changes how the retreat unfolds to just stay close in and, and, um, and and work like find find the the ground amidst change. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.